and welcome to Zing Setalawena. Mr. Nkala will continue his discussion of the roles and positions held by women in pre-colonial Africa. Uh, in particular today he will discuss everything from all-female regiments headed by, for example, the, the Mino or the Goji of the Dahomey um, Kingdom in West Africa to Princess Heshepi of the Kwabe Nation who, who challenged Chaga, the mighty Zulu king, and Princess Makeche's participation in Charasira Muhulu, the Rosary king's ascension to the throne. You know, as women, yes. so you see, yes, so women are so empowered in some African societies. Um, yes. So, Another one, uh, now we, we come to, to the military, you know, uh, point where we have got some female regiments. Uh, like in African uh, tra- traditional military uh, systems, they were female as much as they were male uh, military regiments. Yes. So it's not like it was only men who were going to war. In some, society, in some African societies, <clears throat> yes, it was only men. But in, in others, it was also men and women. You see, so so uh, the importance of military in the community is for protection from uh, especially foreign attacks or yeah. internal maybe coups, you know, so or civil wars. Yeah. So the inclusion of women in the military system means that women were positioned to be protectors of their communities. So they put their lives at risk for the benefit of peace in the locality. Okay. So I can give you so I can give you examples like in the kingdom of Dahomey in present day Benin. Do you remember we we also spoke about Dahomey where you you said there there is a movie I I, I must you watch. You need to watch the Woman uh, King. Yes. A Woman King. Yes. yes. So there was an elite. So so there was an elite female uh, military regiment um, called yeah. the Mino. Sorry. Yes. Sorry. Yeah, go on. Yeah, so it, so it was called the Mino. That mm-hmm. was the name of the regiment. Yes, they were so elite. So in all the European uh, writings, they are referred to as the Amazon, uh, which is a name derived in Greek uh, uh, mythology. So if you come across, so like sometimes if you are uh, researching in Dahomey, about Dahomey and then you, you hear about the Amazon, they are called the Mino. Okay. You see, yeah, depending on, on on which uh, research source, which sources. But if you go to the European sources, they, they usually call them uh, the Amazons. The Amazons. Okay. So, so the so the overwhelming number of casualties 
in the Dahomey, in the Dahomey military is said to have led to the recruitment of women into the military. So the media had well-drilled female uh, soldiers who had masculine uh, physique. physique. So, okay. they formed the, so they formed the king's bodyguards. And the leader of uh, Libya, uh, Muammar Gaddafi, you know him, right? Yes. The former Libya, uh, yes. She, 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 she also had a female uh, bodyguard, you know. So yes. you see now okay. this thing is coming up. Yes. yes. So... Yeah, so now this thing is now that, 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 that spirit is now coming even in the modern world. So she had a female bodyguard. Uh, surprisingly, they were also popularly known as the Amazons. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so you oh, yeah. Drew, they drew their inspiration yeah. from the Daume. Yes, yes, yes. And, and then you may ask yourself why to sometimes king, they would like to be uh, guided by women. Maybe it's because women are more trustworthy than men or maybe women are loyal. Those are some of the things that may have uh, uh, motivated those kings to be guided by uh, women because some somehow they trusted those women to, to become their bodyguards. You see? Okay. So, so it also shows the role of women or how they are perceived in, a, in, in that society. So in Guineland, in uh, in South Africa, in South Africa, there was the Kwame Nation, right? Which was under King Pagatwayo. Uh, the Kwame Princess, uh, she was called Heshepi. Her name was Heshepi. Okay. You know, she was the commander of a, of a female regiment. So, Princess Heshepi and the, the female regiment, they fought against the Zulu regiment uh, under the the, they fought against the Zulu warriors of Kinshaka okay. in the winter of 1818. Yes. So I think this is the only uh, female regiment who which fought with uh, Kinshaka. Okay. You see? So that, that, that may also say something, you know, yeah, because she Shaka was... was Yes. But the government, they said, no, this, this elite uh, regiment, of course they were defeated, but they said that they went there uh, and fought with them. You know, it's, it speaks volume. A lot when yeah. others were running away from Chaga, <laughs> <laughs> yes, you see, and they fought, yes, others and were running. These women, these women, they fought with her, yeah. yes, yes, and look, look, look at the courage, yes, yes. that's a lot you of see? courage. So, mm-hmm. yes, so this is where the community clan comes from, the common people, um, yeah, so, uh, are we together, yes. Yes. So, also King Shaga uh, of the Zulu Nation of present-day South Africa uh, also had a female mil- mil- military uh, regiment. You see. Um, so you see, uh, King Shaga also uh, trusted women. Are we together? Oh yes. Yes. Uh, so, he had to. Be, didn't his ascension to the throne? His mother was. Very influential in that, yes, 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 very, very true. Very, very true. Her mother was, was yes, her mother was very instrumental. You know, she she was her, she was her mentor, her advisor, and she she used to call her my my small fire. And then she said, One day, this Omlilwana, you know, 
a vilifier, you know, sometimes someone can just, you know, just uh, throw me just a cigarette. Yes. And the whole world, like, yeah, the whole world, uh, then there the, 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 this fierce world fire. So yes. she said, you, you are only loyal today. You yes. are only loyal today. You are just all fire today. But one day, one day, you are going to be this world fire. <laughs> yes. So she was very instrumental. Yes. And so examples of uh, King Shagat's female regiments we have got Umvutwamini, Inshavati, Imbabazane, Unkisimana, Ulusiba, all these were women going okay. to wars. Okay. Yeah. Were they commanding yeah. all female regiments or were they just um, the generals? And um, they had male... Well, I, I, to, I failed to get their commanders, but what I'm very sure of is that those were female. I, I believe they had female uh, commanders. I think we, we, we had to find their names, yes. Okay. Because they are female commanders. Like, for example, uh, some of uh, King Shagas, uh, okay, in, in English, I'm, I'm going to call them uh, stepmothers, right? Because his father oh, has many his wives. wives. Oh, yes, so some of his mother, uh, yes, his father's wives, they, they were commanders. For example, we have got Queen Lagazana uh, from the Kazu clan. Uh, we, we have got uh, Queen Mkabi, Mkabi, mm. you know, they, they were. The, the, the commanders of this regiment called Isiklepe, uh, you see. Okay. And then even even her auntie, her auntie, uh, Princess uh, Mkabai, she was also a commander. She commanded uh, this uh, regiment Chagas called Abakulu. Shagas auntie, yes, okay. Princess Mkabai. Okay. She was also a, a commander of Abakulu, you see. Okay. Yes. And even today, there they, they, is a place called Abakulu in in KwaZulu Natal is 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 in Freyhead, you okay. see. So it's that, that's a legacy of Princess Mkabai as the commander. But anyway, we are going to talk about Princess Mkabai in this also in this uh, presentation later. Okay. So on our first episode, you know, when we are speaking about the, the Lemba, do you remember when we yes. speak about the Lemba? Say yes, we say that some people who lived in the border of the Ndebele Kingdom. Uh, they spoke other type of languages. You remember, like Karanga, you know, yes. uh, Tonga, uh, Sutu, Ebirwa, which is a Sutu dialect. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I, I even say these people, if you remember, I said they were part of the military intelligence. So they will go to in the border, they on the other side of the border because they spoke the same language, but yes. they, but, but they, 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 they were not wearing like the typical Jebele people. So they will go there as traitors or going there to see their kingsmen or some of their family members. But they were going there to get information, you know, yeah. and then they would take that information back to the Ndebele king, you see. So that is why we say they're also Ndebele people. They are, like as I said, the Ndebele is so fluid. Anybody who wants to become Ndebele can become, because we know that they are Ndebele, even if and they were, they were playing pivotal roles, like being military intelligence officers, you see. So I think you remember yes. when I was speaking of that, right? Yes. Yes. So some of them, some of them were even women, you know, because, you know, because, you know, in military intelligence, it's all about concealment. So what will happen is, if someone doesn't speak Isindebele and she's a woman, who will ever think that she's a military in, in, officer or she's an in, intelligence officer? That's a woman going on the other side of the place, maybe going for trading and 
things like that. Yeah. Who will ever think that she is actually a military in, 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 or she or she's a spy? If I can put it like that way, no one will ever think of that. No. So so women so women we have been used for a very long time in African societies as spies as spies or or put it in a formal way as military intelligence officers okay. to get valuable to get valuable information. That is going to be used by that by that, that nation for security reasons. You see, yes. so so they play a very big role in the democratic society. And another example, uh, you know, the last dynasty to rule the Kalanga Kingdom of present day Zimbabwe and Botswana, it was called the Lozi or Rozi dynasty. I think you, you heard, yes, heard of that, right? Yes, yes, yeah. So they they used they were using the Moyose name. Yeah. So, so, yeah. So, in, so in order for the laws to get the throne uh, from the ruling family, the ruling family before the court, uh, it was called the Chibundule, the Chibundule dynasty. So, before the laws dynasty, there was the Chibundule dynasty. For them, you know, to get the throne from uh, from the Chibundule dynasty, they used a woman. You see, so. Uh, are, are we together there? Yes. Yes. So, 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 what, what, what they did was this. Um, the leader of the laws group was called the Chilisamuulu, right? So, uh, his salutation is called the Mambo. So, if you say Mambo, it was more like a, king. it was his salutation, but his name was, yeah, not really king. King is Ishe, like, is it, yes. remember when, when oh, he okay. spoke about that? Mambo is like, it's like to say, your Majesty. Oh, if I can okay. put that, it's like a salutation. Okay. Like mambo, like something like that. But the but the name for the king, the title is Ishe. Many okay. people would like to, to to say mambo, mambo, mambo. You know. Yeah. Yes. So he was called Mambo, the nose uh, leader. So his name was he, he his name was called Chilisamuhulu. So he allowed his daughter, Princess uh, Makete. To be married to, to the reigning Chibundule king there, you see. But it was actually a military intelligence mission, you see, because the princess had to get the hepatitis of the Chibundule, you know, while they are still uh, sleeping. So it was wanted for medical purposes, okay. you see. So oh, so she managed to, to get uh, those those uh, those okay. particles. So she so they so they wanted the the hair, which is in this, you, you see the, this part, which is called the, you know, if if you are a child, we call it the fontanelle. Yeah. The, the fontanelle. Yes. In the way we say, in Kanda. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so that was the, that was the hair, the hair which is positioned there. That's, mm-hmm. that, that's the one way, which was wanted for, for witchcraft purposes, so that um, they can, you know, they can doctor the, <laughs> the king and then it gets, Spiritually weak, and then they can go and attack. And overthrow him. So, so this princess, it was the princess who managed to to do that, and she gave that hair to to whoever she gave to, and that person went to give it to his father. You see, and his father, and then his he his father gave it to the witch doctor, or should I say, the traditional doctor, mm-hmm. uh, who was called Ngomane um, Kumbo. Um, 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 so Ngomane Kumbo, he doctored that hair, uh, like in a ritual way. So in other words, 
after that, when they saw that now this is now successful, then they went to attack and they managed to win and they got the throne. Okay. You see? So, so yes. So there are many, you know, there are so many, many, many women I can use. It's not that there's no time, but there are so many women I can use. Or we we we, we, we can talk about the whole day, yes. <laughs> about the women being used as military intelligence. And in, in most cases, people, they think women are physically weak, emotionally weak. Women are actually so powerful in African societies by being perceived as weak physically and emotionally. Yeah. So by that, you know, people take them for granted, but they are the ones who have made strong kingdoms to fall, you know, and weak kingdoms to rise. Yeah. You see? So that position of the African woman in an African society. And then um, another point is, is about uh, marriage institutions because that is, I think that is where many women, uh, they become part of this institution for most of, of for most part of their lives yes. in Africa. Uh, yes. So marriage is the legal or formal recognized union of people as partners in a personal relationship. That is marriage. Yeah. I got this from the Oxford Dictionary. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. So marriage has been used by African societies for diplomatic reasons like allegiance, yeah. commonwealth, and alliances. Uh-huh. So you will find women, especially princesses, becoming part of these diplomatic marriages, which in most cases were or are arranged marriages. Yes. So there are many, you know, there are many, you know, there are endless examples where you, you, you will find a princess from one kingdom going to marry to another kingdom, uh, or, you know, things like that. Yes. You know, there are so many, many, many. And meaning that princesses in Africa are part of the sectors that maintain love, peace, and harmony across African communities. Yes. You see? So there are also many types of marriages, but I, I'm going to talk about some of them, which I, I believe I am going to present in, in this episode. So we have got polygamy. What is poly- according to understanding what, what is polygamy? Um, uh, where one man has a lot of wives. Actually, many people. Actually, many, many people. They 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 say polygamy is whereby someone has got more than one wife. Yeah. But but polygamy is whereby yeah, you have got more than one wife or one husband at the same time. That is polygamy. In most cases, people, they use the word polygamy when they're talking about when someone has got only more than one wife. Yes. But polygamy is whereby you have got more than one partner, married partner at the same time. So okay. in, 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 in polygamy, we, we, we have got polygyny, you know, we, we have got polygyny and we have got polyandry. I think you've heard of that, right? Yeah, yes, I have. Oh. Yeah. So polygyny is marriage system of having more than one wife at the same time. And then polyandry is having more than one husband at the same time. Yes. In Africa, both polygamy and polyandry are found, are found you know, okay. across different uh, societies. Mm. So, yes. So polygamy, um, polygamy in, 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 in general, uh, it enabled all women, you know, 
in the society um, to have an opportunity of being part of the marriage system. So since African societies had this disproportionate ratio between genders, or should I say sexes, okay. you see? so you, you will find that there is an overwhelming, you, you will find that in, in the society maybe there will be an overwhelming number of women, more, you know, more than men, because usually men were drafted into a compulsory a military service okay. where many of them died in wars before they could before the, uh, men could retire and be eligible to get uh, married okay. so by the time men were allowed to marry there were very few of them in comparison to women who had reached ma- a, a marriageable age you see? okay yes so polygyny was one of the solutions to balance the ratio in the society okay you see so so you find sometimes you know if i read uh, some of uh, missionary documents or people or researchers from from outside Africa sometimes, especially those old uh, writings or old uh, literature, you will find that they dictated a uh, polygon. So they said it, it, it was a, it was a savage uh, practice. You know, mm. Africans they are sexual uh, savages. Polygamy, you know. It so was, the, the, it, there was a reason behind it. Yes, it, it, it was it not was about a, a sexual participation in the society. Yes, yes. It's not like uh, you know they were perfect. No, no, no. Like as I said, that there is polyandry and then there is polygamy. To a problem that has yes, yeah. yes. Because many women were not going to wars anyway. So yes. are all those women going to live all of their lives with no men? You see. So, so that needs to be interpreted, and people have to know the, some of the reasons behind, behind uh, polygyny. Yes, okay. Yes. <laughs> so, according to African, so according to African cultures, a married woman was viewed as a respectable or of high status than unmarried women. Okay. So, polygyny also gave all women that opportunity of being viewed with great respect. Okay. You see, so it, it it yes, so it it gave them a, a certain position, you know, like as you said, to to balance a, a certain ratio or to solve a certain problem in a society. So, in some co- in, in some communities, like <clears throat> within the in the, the, the community, yeah. uh, polygyny was approved by the first wife again. Okay. Yes. So, a man could not marry another woman without the approval of the first wife, you see? Okay. So this gave the woman an opportunity to be highly respected by his husband so that she could approve him of getting another wife. Okay. So, uh, so, in, so in other words, women, again, are the gatekeepers of polygyny uh, in, in, in some African society. So see? if she said no, yes. he didn't get so, a second wife? Sorry? So if, no, if you they, don't because they, if yes, if she says no, mm. you're not going to get a second wife. Okay. So now, so now, so now, what they will do is actually there is there is even a program on DSTV. I don't know whether you have heard of it or you've seen it. Uh, where Mr. Samselego is one of those famous uh, polygamous men in mm. South Africa. Do you know him? Yes. Eh? Yes. Yeah, so there, there is this program where 
he is helping men to tell their women that they want a second wife. Do you know the, the program? Yes, I've seen it. Where he goes where, where, to he, he he help is, them and ask for a second wife or a third wife or a fourth wife. Sorry? Where he helps the men, where what? Where he helps the men yes. to go and ask for a second and third and fourth wife. Yes. Also, so, so even in the Indian community, it is like that because there's only people, people that are working. Okay. You know, literally and historically and socially, yes. So, so that is, so if, so that gives a picture of our, that is our culture, you know, that, so it is the woman, the gatekeeper is not not the man, the gatekeeper is the woman, she's the one who who opens the gate of polygyny. If she you, so what happens is, it may want to be a, if a man wants to say right, what he he will do in most cases is he is going to, to spoil his woman, you know. He's going to spoil his woman with with you know, he's going to respect her, he's going to do good, you know, and then woman it, it, it becomes a little bit easier, you know, for the okay, you have another another woman and you must have a very good you must have a very good uh, reason why you want another woman this is where Mseleku comes in Mseleku comes in to help the men to present a very good speech to their women okay do you see because if you are not good in, in speaking again the woman will will, will disapprove that uh, uh, polygamous uh, you see so okay. so so so, so men are so respectful to to their wives because it, it, the more you, the more they respect, the more the high chances that the gatekeeper is going to allow you to to have another wife. You see? Okay. okay. So, 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 in most cases, people think that if a woman is in a polygynous a uh, 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 marriage, the woman, you know, the men did it without the appro- without the, the the approval of the woman. The man is abusive of the second woman. No, it is the woman who opens and closes uh, that that uh, system. Okay. You see, you see. So women have got so much power. So there is polygamy because of women okay. <laughs> in Africa. <laughs> yeah. So and then in regards to poly, poly polyandry, it was practiced in African communities like. In the, like the Iroquois people of Nigeria, they are called the Iroquois people. I don't know whether you have heard of that. No. Yeah, so you must go and, and find out about these ones. They are called the, the Iroquois. They are they are found in northern Nigeria. Okay. So, so a so a woman could have multiple husbands at the same time in that society, and the father of the child was or is said to be the one. We is built to have been with the woman during a conception. Okay. So, um, this cultural practice was not in favor with the missionaries, and the missionaries, uh, like as I said, you know, you you find such, such such things in 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 old literature, because mission because missionaries they came to Africa because they thought Africans were savages that need to be enlightened with Christianity, but some of these. Um, Cultures, you know, like, like like as we say, they have got reasons behind. It's not like Africans are savages. 
You know, it is all that they are not, sometimes they're not being understood, mm. you know, the way they understand themselves. Yes. So they said, no, this is demonic, you know, you know, and then they convinced the, uh, the colonial agents to, you know, to, to try to stop this practice. So, so in, in so they introduced this Islamic law called uh, Ida. I don't know whether you've heard of that. Ida. No. Um, so, so like you, you know, in Nigeria, they are also uh, Muslims, or should I say, even among the Iroquois people, they they also Muslims. So now these colonial agents now they are now using Islam uh, to try to to destroy this uh, culture. So they they regularized uh, Ida. Uh, so Ida is an Islamic uh, law which regulates the time a widow or divorcee can start to be in a relationship with another man. You see, to, to, to get that. Yes. Yes. So the law is also meant to give the woman time to be checked whether she goes into the next marriage knowing very well whether she's pregnant or not from her previous husband, you see. Okay. So, so the Muslims and the Iroquois men, they were in favor of this law because it regulated the movement of women, you know, this constant movement. Because these women now, if they had more husbands, husbands, not boyfriends, husbands, so they'll move, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll be moving around to this other man, to this other man, to this other man. So now, uh, so through this law, you know, a man will have time to know whether this is his child or not. You see. So but, what, what um, <laughs> problem in society was this um, polyandry uh, solving? Were there too many women? So were there too many so, men so, yes. in relation to women? Yes. So in. In, in in many cases, this this kind of system starts because there are too many uh, there are too many men than women. Okay. So that's how it starts in most cases. Yes, yes, and then it goes, it goes, it goes. Yes, and then it becomes part of life. And then they so it's fine, you know. Yeah. But the missionaries they are the ones who came with we the spirit like of division or destroy. Okay. Yes, and they were, and then they were influencing men to say no, don't allow these these women that disrespecting you. So they give the men this perspective, perspective. especially the fact that, you know, people were now Christians and they're now Muslims because Muslims, they've got, uh, so in Islam, they've got this law. And so now they're trying by all means, you know, trying by all means to play here and there to destroy this, uh, this African cultural practice. That's the people there. They, they've been practicing this maybe for a very long time. But now with this intervention now, they are now seeing new perceptions and and now some of them they are now being in, not in favor with it. Okay. And 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 and, and this polyandry was finally declared illegal by the post independence government of Nigeria in nineteen sixty eight. So you will find that sometimes you you, you will find that uh now uh, with this nationalization with with this uh, nationalization of African states, right? You will find that different kingdoms now they are put in a one entity. Like for example, you will find that maybe in Nigeria there are many kingdoms and many tribes and many clans, but now they are now they fall under one law. You see, and maybe sometimes you will find that maybe the government or the ruling tribe it it only wants 
it's 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 culture to be the one which is dominating. So you know, I I I don't know whether you get what I'm trying to say. Yes, absolutely. Yes, yes, I do. Yes. So, so then so, the other so, cultures so are sort of like uh, yeah overlooked. Yeah, exactly. Because it, because some other cultures that are being practiced by a minority group, you see, and they don't have a. a a bigger voice maybe in the society or in these nationalist communities or, or countries, you see. So you will find, you know, so, so in 1968, the post-independence government of Nigeria, it declared this uh, practice as illegal, you see. So yes. that, that is how, yes. So, so this functioned women who practice this, this marriage system, while men were allowed to continue with polygamy, you see. So... Okay. And then uh, we also have got same-sex marriage. I think you understand same-sex marriage, right? Yes. Yes. So this is whereby people of the same sex get married. Yes. So uh, that concludes our session today. Thank you very much to Mr. Arnold Maiwongwengala, and thank you for listening. And to those that have been with us for a while, Thank you very much for your support. It's very much appreciated. And if you enjoyed today's uh, podcast, please don't forget to like, follow us on Spotify and Facebook, uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel and our TikTok. Thank you. Catch you on the next episode. It was in doubt. Is a lead when there is a good is a woman sitting in a way. When there is a good is a woman sitting in a way. When there is a good.